Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's the Duval Hot Takes Podcast, starring Sean Daly. I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. Pat Smith. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the drafting that you're used to. With Taylor Smith and Devin May. Like, hey, Taylor, by the way, you sound like shit. Can you maybe, like, talk good? Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Duval Hot Takes Podcast, your favorite podcast for Jacksonville Jaguars football, brought to you by Big Cat Country and SB Nation. I'm Taylor Smith. I'm your moderator for the show. I am joined by your hosts, Sean Daly. Hey, hey, hey. Pat Smith. Yes, sir. And your facts and stats man, Devin Mave. Hello. Today is Friday, September 4th, and damn it, just when we were getting amped up for Jaguars football, man, it's September Our opening game against the Colts is right around the corner. We did our roster predictions. And wouldn't you know it, just like the Jags always do, they found a way to blow our minds with some shocking, world-bending, universe-shattering decisions. And if you think I'm being a little too dramatic, let me tell you right now, I am not. I will let our hosts paint the picture of just how surprising some of these developments are. What we're going to do is go chronologically through the past week since our last episode and catch you guys up on the news. The first piece of which concerns Yannick Ngakwe, our now former defensive end. He is a Jaguar no more. Pat, we finally managed to get a trade out of him. Some say we've been holding out for another Jalen deal, try to get some sweet picks out of him, like a couple second rounds, maybe a first. Did we manage to get anything close to that? You're right, Taylor. So I thought, you know, first off, when they were shopping Yannick out, that they were spoiled with the Jalen trade. Uh-huh. They were looking for those first round picks, those ever, you know, elusive first round picks, the ones that we bang on year after year after year, and we have tons of talent to show for. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I figured that's what they were holding out for. They wanted the golden egg yet again. Um, you got a 2021 second round pick and a 2022 conditional fifth round pick and as it plays out if Minnesota goes to the Super Bowl or if Jan becomes a pro bowler uh, in any of that uh, uh, circumstances work that's how it varies between your third your fourth and your fifth round pick your conditional pick uh, in the 22 year so uh, he ends up with the Vikings again he took a pay cut go Vikings to go to the Vikings I believe it's somewhere in the ballpark of 4.5 million he gave up uh, versus the franchise tag just to get the hell out of town and um, you know it, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, you're gonna I'm gonna miss it on Twitter, man. The checker flag, the cryptic tweets. Mm-hmm. You know I, it was a fun ride. I like like all these Jaguars, but on, when they're on the way out, they always leave in like a with a show. There's always a little charade so beforehand. Dramatic. Yeah, you get a little show beforehand. And uh, 
listen, I get it. You know, these guys, they, they leave, and I, I don't blame him. He's not happy with where he works, I and I don't blame him. If, if, if Just because he's getting paid millions doesn't mean he has to sacrifice happiness to work at a place where he doesn't like. I, I get the management in Jacksonville, man. It's it's Bozo the Clown and the Three Ring Circus, okay? I, I'm almost positive that what goes on in Jacksonville behind closed doors. I mean, listen, Tony Khan came out on Twitter and berated Yannick, although probably deserving, on Twitter. Very public. Okay, that's an employee of yours. Yeah. All right. Imagine if your employee, all right, dragged you on Twitter because you went on you went on a rant. A little embarrassing, yeah. Not very professional. Your boys are looking at you like, "Whoa, bro, you just gonna you just gonna take that? You gonna you gonna say something? Yeah. But put your two week notice in. You know, f- that guy." So yeah, no, I don't blame him. He took a pay cut. He's probably happier now. I only wish him the best. I don't got any ill resentment to Yannick. Um, you know, he obviously wanted out. He wanted better for himself, and hopefully that's what he gets with, with Minnesota. Minnesota, obviously a poised team uh, to go into the Super Bowl and, and make a late late run in the, in the playoffs. So obviously he's in better shape, uh, just like Clayus would be, uh, and just like the other guys we cut. So. I'm on to the Jaguars here, Pat. Okay, they, I figured them out. They know that they're not going to do a lot of winning this year, okay? And so they're like, we just need the Jaguar fans to have vested interest elsewhere, okay? So we're going to be rooting against the Rams, and we're going to be rooting for the Vikings. We're, we're, we're spread out. We're, we're not just Jaguar fans now. We're anti-Ram fans, and we are pro-Viking fans. We want the Vikings to go all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that's where I'm at. You had a player that didn't want to be here, okay? Very, very talented. Arguably one of the best defenders that this team has ever seen, but he didn't want to show up. He wasn't going to play, and you got something for him. At the end of the day, I'm not upset at the Jaguars about this deal at all. They did the best they could, and they they got something from somebody that didn't want to play here. So I left the Yannick deal, this saga finally ending. I could take a a long-wanted sigh of relief just to inhale, exhale. Oh, that's it. So the one thing that was just like the drama of the offseason this year. Last year it was Jalen or Jalen Ramsey leading into the year. This year it was Yannick Ngakwe and finally we can move past it and move forward and there will be no other ridiculous things to happen from Jacksonville because the Yannick thing is over. That's what I left Sunday thinking. That's why I was like, thank God. Good deal. Until the next guy gets traded. Yeah, no, no. It, it, it just, it's not with somebody as big as Yannick. I mean, Yannick was second all-time in sacks in the city of Jacksonville with 37 and a half. And if you would have given him two more years, he'd be number one. All right, so he's a really, really good player that the Jaguars drafted, I think, in that third round. I mean, Devin, you can look that up. I can't believe I didn't write that down. But yeah, I think the Jaguars got him in the third round. And uh, and that was that's an absolute steal. Tony Brackens is the only Jaguar to ever sack more quarterbacks in the uniform than Yannick Ngakwe. And we traded him away. We had to. He didn't want to be here. And I would say that the closest player that could do that uh, next year, I mean, not not on the level of Yannick, but that might be in a contract situation and might get traded. D.D. Westbrook it would have to be, I would say, D.D. Westbrook because he's, depending on how Colin Johnson performs and uh, and LaVisca Chenault, uh, his number's going to be up. This year it's Keelan Cole, and then next year it's going to be D.D. And if, if D.D. doesn't have a really good year and show that he's a slot wide receiver that is worthy of uh, you know an $8 million annual value, then I think he'll he'll probably either get traded or cut with the way things are going. Right, and that's that's an attestment to management, okay? He took a pay cut to leave, all right? How bad does the situation have to be where you're literally giving up millions of dollars to get the f*** out? That is terrible. 
I mean, it's bad enough we've got the NFLPA telling people around the league, hey, if you got somewhere to go, if you, if you, if you could make maybe a, a run for Canadian football instead of the Jaguars, don't go to the f***ing Jaguars, okay? That was literally posted in every locker room in all 32 teams. And you know, I took a pay cut to get the f*** out of there. He literally just had to sign his name, Sean. Sign his name to get $17 million. That's all you had to do was sign your name. And he decided to not do that. Rather find somewhere on the other side of the country, literally the other side of the country, and get the hell out and take a pay cut for four, four and a half million dollars. I don't. I mean, I see. I I, I kind of disagree with you there, Yannick. Uh, the whole Tom Coughlin thing because he put it all on the Tom Coughlin brigade and the fact that he was a bad apple and all these things. And then they got rid of Tom Coughlin and he just didn't want to open up contract talks anymore. After that, he was kind of dug in. And he'd already liked the idea of getting out of Jacksonville and he just stuck to his guns. Whereas uh, with like, I don't want to get into it because we're about to get into it, but other players, you know, that don't do anything wrong. And then the team turns it back on them. The team did, didn't, the team did right by Yannick. They tried to work a deal out. They wanted to pay him. They wanted to give him a really good deal. They didn't look, did they lowball him? I don't think they really lowballed him. He took a pay cut to go to Minnesota. So it's just, he, he, right. He's and not I've consistent. This, and I've said this every podcast, every single time I side with the 53 every single time. It's always f- management. It's always get yours as a player. Look out for number one. Look out for you know your life, your family, your 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 kids, your your career. Everything should be worried about you, and that's how it should be. Okay, f- management, f- franchises, and what they need to do. Take care of you first. If he can take care of himself by taking a pay cut and going to another team, so be it. I've already emphasized this already. If you don't like where you work, especially where you work, okay. It's a lot harder to get your job done. Yeah. All right. Trust oh, me. Yeah. I'm at work. I listen to fucking Joe tell me about his fucking kids all the fucking time. How his his mediocre pitching son <laughs> throws a three seam or whatever, and, and it's fucking t ball. You know, I don't give a fuck about that. Shut, shut that shit up. I don't want to hear about that. Or or maybe Susie Q is in cheerleading summer tryouts or whatever, yeah. and she's she's gonna make the team, but might not make. The, I don't want to fucking hear that either. Okay. I'm seeing a I'm seeing a pattern here. I don't, I don't think you like I don't think you like uh, children's sports. I, I, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> okay, stupid pee wee pee wee football. Uh, okay, okay. No, no, no. It gets worse than that. It's worse than that. Okay. I've got I've got Fred eating people's food in the fridge. All right. Fucking people go in for lunch. Lunch is gone because Fred's already got to it. He's taking lunch at 10 a.m. All right. Beating you to the beating you to the stop. All right. Yeah. I've got. I've got David who takes up two parking spaces every fucking day. I've got nowhere to park my car. All right, we're we're on limited spots, David. We're on limited spots, and you're always taking my fucking spot. All right, I want to address that right now and get that off the air. All right. So yeah, if if I'm working and I'm making sixty k a year, and Best Buy comes knocking on my door, you know, and they're like, hey, listen, man, we can we can take you in for forty five and get rid of all your bullshit. You know, you come in, Damn, dude. and and well, we don't have none of that. We got you. You put your food in the fridge; it's there for you in a day, two days, three days. There's no Fred in there to take your food. GameStop is popping. I dude. might do it, man. If if it absolves all my headaches at work, if it absolves all, I I know I can go in Monday through Friday and have a steady steady day, and there's no fucking worries or concerns. Yeah, and I just gotta do my job. Why wouldn't I take that? Sure, I'm I'm missing out on 15k, but I'll make it up in the long run. No, dude. If 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 Yannick if Yannick and Gakwe walked into Best Buy and, and asked for a new contract, they would say we'll give you seven dollars. That's what they would say. 
Yannick Ngakwe says, I'm, a, I'm the second all-time leading sack leader for the Jacksonville Jaguars. What can you give me? $7. <laughs> That's what they'll do. And then and then he'll ask for the actual $7, and they'll say, no, it's only $7 toward a game. That's trade-in value. And so he'd walk out of there with Diddy Kong Racing <laughs> and have no idea what happened to so, his career. So- TD Kong Racing, so they saw on the N64 games at Best Buy. Man, Best Buy's really, really getting lit. <laughs> yeah, Best Buy. Best Buy's dope. Best Buy, the Vikings, GameStop is the Jaguars for sure. All right, I know the Yannick saga has been a long one. We've been waiting for the story to come to a close for a while. Believe it or not, though, that's not quite the biggest piece of news this week. Sean alluded to it just a few minutes ago. Yannick is not the only Jaguar to say goodbye. The Jacksonville Jaguars have cut Leonard Fournette. Oh, my God can't believe it uh yeah i mean just another another plot twist in in a very weird week we've had so far it's just so ridiculous i just leonard Fournette. i just first off before i get anywhere i just want to say lenny lenny did everything he could for this team and i posted a a five minute video onto our new youtube channel by the way just search duval hot takes and uh we put it on the twitter and all that stuff um I, I loved Lenny. I loved watching him play. I, I said two, two straight years on this podcast, I said we don't appreciate his talent. And we don't put him in the right positions. Like, he's a really good running back. We just need to put him in positions to succeed. And he goes out there, and he played through injury. Uh, he it was the center point of our offense when we went to the AFC Championship game. And he's just he's gotten into it on the field. He, got into, he threw some punches on the field at one point, but he's never been in any trouble off the field. And uh, he's been just a really good like citizen of Jacksonville and a, and a great teammate and a great player. And I just I hate it. I hate it for him. And I just look at the position of running back in the NFL. And I think it's more telling of that than it is Leonard's relationship with the team. All these people that are saying what Mark Long out there saying, you know, they wanted Leonard out everything. That's all bullshit. Okay, Leonard Fournette was was great. He didn't do anything wrong. It's just the position in the NFL. It is so devalued. It's such a weird position, and uh, I think it, it creates a, a larger discussion. I mean, what could Leonard have done to stay on this team? Pat, I open the room. Pat, Devin, Taylor, what else could Lenny? If Lenny would have scored three more touchdowns or two more touchdowns or one more touchdown, if he would have gained 50 more yards or 60 more yards, what could he have done more in order to stay on the team? Because I don't get it. I do not understand why he's cut. I, from a business standpoint, you save four million dollars that you're not even using. What, like, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna are we gonna go get somebody now? No. Well, Sean, to to answer your question about whether or not Leonard Fournette could have done anything better to st- to to increase his chances of staying with the team, I guess the answer to that is no. If you ask Associated Press's Mark Long, Sean. who says everyone on the Jacksonville Jaguars team hated Leonard Fournette. Nothing would have. This was an inevitability. They wanted him gone because he's a bad apple. That's yeah, yeah. You know what? Let me let me touch on that real quick. Just just to sidetrack it. And I hate giving these fucking nut jobs any more screen time than they actually need. But Mark Long, dude, Mark Long. That is, I don't know who the hell Mark Long is. Fuck Mark Long. Okay, what a piece of shit B reporter to go out and make your own fucking story. All right, no one can attest that you using words like uh, maybe I heard someone rumbled in Rumblings, a trench coat. Yeah. Clickbait. Uh, I I might have heard mm, unnamed source. Someone said mm, you're a fucking piece of shit reporter. All right, Mark Long. If that's the strategy you need, you give journalism a terrible fucking name, and you're everything that's wrong with the media outlet today. Okay, Guy just wants clicks, man. Just wants clicks. You go out, you want to spin your own fucking story that no one's covering, that has no credibility whatsoever, and try and then spin it off for some clickbait. Try try to make a day out of a Tuesday, a slow day mm. Tuesday. I'm gonna release some oh, bullshit yeah. out. 
He hasn't done anything wrong on this team, but you yet want to take time out of your day to run his name through the mud. So, hey, Mark Long, f*** you, guy. All right, if, if you can't do the journalism gig, I hear Best Buy is hiring. Go, <laughs> go over and pivot over there. But I digress. Back to Leonard Fournette. The problem with him is that he was damned from the beginning, okay? Management took him at fourth overall in the draft, okay? That's a high ceiling to ask for for a running back in this day and age, all right? And it, what could he have done? At that point, to get a second contract, to even entertain a second contract, you gotta you got to average 1,000 yards rushing, and you got to give me 10, 15 touchdowns a year. Rushing touchdowns. No problem. That's how you get a second contract when you get drafted at that position. Um, because the ceiling's high, man, and it's almost an unreachable ceiling. You, you got to be Hall of Fame-esque to do, to do numbers like that out the gate. And, and then you put him behind him as a backfield role with that terrible offensive line that you had in front of him for, for the three years. And obviously, it's not going to work out. It's not going to pan out. So he was damned from the beginning. He was never going to get extended. I have no problem getting rid of Leonard Fournette. The only problem I have is getting rid of him now. The timing. Oh, yeah, 100%. And now does not make sense to get rid of him a week before the season starts, and you're just out of training camp. Your training camp's done. This is the worst time that you could have done it, and now you got to put uh, your faith in, in three other running backs. Look what you have in the backfield. You have sophomore Ryquel Armstead. Emphasis on soft. Divina Zigbo, who, who, who's gotten you know a, a, a few touches. I think he, he the most he played was in the Colts game at the end of the year. And, and Chris Thompson, who's nothing more than a third down running back, who's there to help you out on those long yard situations. Six, you know, third and six, third and seven, trying to get, trying to move the chains. Okay. N- none of those three have experienced a workload in the NFL to be a workhorse running back. And now you're leaving training camp where those expectations were not put on their shoulders. The only practice you had before games go live in a couple days and, and they're thrown into the shitstorm. All right. Uh, Reichwell Armstead, I guarantee you, is not prepared to play meaningful minutes in the NFL as a starter. Oh, not at all. All right. Divino Zigbo is not prepared. And that when you're not prepared and you have you have management putting you in now, you get hurt yeah. and you don't get production. And those are two things you don't need on a team that is slowly losing depth at a position that doesn't have a lot of experience behind the line. So you cut Lenny, you save four and a half million dollars okay that's that's what you get out of it because you're not getting any kind of compensation out of it because no one wanted to trade for him there were no offers on the table all right and, and you put that on top of your 33 million stockpile that you've already got now you have 37 and a half million dollars that you're not going to be able to spend on anyone now okay i mean we're, we're approaching the season you can't take it home with your shot you got to spend it or lose it I don't understand why the Jaguars divvy the, up their money the way they do. Why not take the $9 million, the 4.75 annual value of Tyler Eifert, and just put that toward maybe re-signing Lenny for a couple years? Maybe like a two-year $10 million or two-year uh, $15 to $20 million contract. I mean, why can't Lenny just be our running back for a little bit longer? Like, I don't understand what's keeping him from being on this team. Because he, he doesn't want that much money. They didn't even... I, have you even heard about the Jaguars trying to talk to Leonard about the contract? I didn't hear. I, I, it was just like nothing. They didn't pick up his option. They well, didn't, I mean, they, they were never going to give him a second contract, Sean. I mean, it's just not going to happen. They didn't even offer him a contract. It, there wasn't. There were no talks. Right. Well, I mean, when they didn't pick up the option uh, earlier in the year, that was that was the writing on the wall. I mean, he wasn't going to get re-signed. I think he knew in his heart of hearts he wasn't going to get re-signed. Again, like I said, the ceiling is just too high. When you get drafted at four, you have to be an impact player. You have to be instantaneously 
making that team better for what it is. So that means when it's third and four, I know I can run a halfback dive with you because I know you're going to hit that line and you're not only going to shed a block or two, but you're going to gain the four yards and then maybe even crack a little more over it. Leonard Fournette was not that guy. And again, you can make the excuses for the offensive line that was in front of him, but when it comes down to it, Unfortunately, he was damned from the beginning. It wasn't his fault. It was management putting that ceiling on him that was untouchable. It just it's it screams of it screams of tank, man. It screams of tank. You took Leonard. There's no reason to release him other than to worsen the product on the field. That is what you're doing. Leonard Fournette is a better running back than than Chris Thompson. He's a better running back than Raquel Armstead. So just by releasing him and getting and you said you tried to trade him. I don't care. You tried to trade him. Okay, should have kept him. If you couldn't trade him, should have kept him. You shouldn't have just released him. Leonard Fournette fourth all time in yards. Okay, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, 4.0 yards a carry, which is what you want. Uh, 17 touchdowns in three years. He uh, holds the record for the longest rush in Jacksonville Jaguars history at 90 yards. The next closest one is like 17 yards shorter. He had 134 receptions in the time that he was here. All right. That is more than here's a name for you. Keelan fucking Cole. Leonard Fournette had more receptions than Keelan Cole by 20. Or no, 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 by 30, excuse me. And they were here the exact same time. Right, no, and I get that. But, I mean, look at the touchdowns, okay? I mean, what did you say he got, 13? 17, 17 touchdowns in three years. Okay, that's terrible, man. That's that's terrible production. If he, so if you make that number, if you make that number 22? No, it needs to be like 25, 30. Like that, that's, you need to be in the 30s. You need to average 10 a year. And if you're not doing that, you're not at that caliber. But that, you know how? But how how stupid is that though? Well, it's where how he got picked. I mean, it? what else are you gonna do? You got picked at four. I mean, that's that was. I'm telling you, it's not his fault. It's management that picked him there. I get it. The ceiling was too high, and that's just what it was. If he comes out and he averages ten touchdowns a year and a thousand yards, we're not having this conversation. He's probably sticking around, but he's not doing that. Well, Pat, I think I got something that might just change your mind here in a second. Ooh, is that Sean giving us a tease? Yeah, I got, I got some, I got some raw data. I got raw data here. All right, okay, we'll be looking forward to that here after the break. We're gonna cut real quick to hear a word from our sponsors, but when we return, we will continue talking about this Leonard Fournette movement. We'll take one more look at this more finalized roster and see if we can't dig up some optimism. And uh, we'll give Sean the floor here. So don't go anywhere. Duval Hot Takes. We'll be right back. Don't spit out your drink, or else you might get cut from the football team. All right, we are back with your Duval Hot Takes. We are in the thick of it, ladies and gentlemen. We started things off with Yannick Ngakwe saying sayonara to the Jaguars. He is now a Minnesota Viking. Congratulations to him. We covered that in the first half, and then we got into the real deal. Our big topic of the day, Leonard Fournette getting cut from the Jaguars team just over a week before Game 1 kickoff. One thing that Pat mentioned right before we cut to break was the the biggest confusion here for him is the timing. Pat said in the big picture he understands the cut, but Sean hinted that he has a take for us which just might change Pat's mind. So Sean, I will hand it to you. Blow our minds. I am not okay with Leonard Fredette getting cut. I, I'm just not. You can throw business at me the whole time, whatever. I just, I love watching the number 27 in the backfield for the Jacksonville Jaguars with the name Fournette on it. I've gotten used to it. He was labeled a franchise running back, and I think he is. He could be if you just, if you paid him and let him stay here. And I have, I'm, I'm going to lay some down for you. Leonard Fournette, I'm going to have a, it's a comparison next to another running back. Okay, Leonard Fournette, fourth overall pick. Okay, in 36 games, 
2,631 rushing yards, four yards per carry, 17 touchdowns. He's 25 years old. He just got cut. Okay? The same draft, this other running back, I won't reveal the name until the end, of the same draft in the second round who had off-the-field problems before coming into the league in 44 games, which is eight more games than Leonard Fournette, if you're keeping track at home, has 2,931 yards, so exactly 300 yards more in eight more games, 4.2 yards per carry, so 0.2 more yards, 17 touchdowns, so in eight more games, the same amount of touchdowns that Leonard Fournette has scored, and he's only one year younger. His name is Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals, who just signed a four-year, $48 million contract extension not but a week ago. And he is going to be the franchise running back for the Cincinnati Bengals moving forward. So what is the difference? I don't understand if you're saying like you can be of the opinion that Cincinnati's that's a bad business deal. Why are they doing that? Okay, but I think they're going to have the same running back, a consistent running back for the next four years that they like, that has performed and done well enough for them. They only gave him $10 million up front for a signing bonus, and his annual value is going to be $8 million for the years, and they have a club option for the last year. Why can't the Jaguars give a deal that looks like that to Leonard Fournette? I don't understand why it's so bad to do that, to want a consistent running back that the fans have grown to love, that love watching him go play. I don't understand why it's so bad to give him four years, $48 million. What, what's, what's, what's the hubbub? I mean, the problem is we don't pay running backs anymore in this in this league. It's a passing league, okay? Yeah. The, the ground and smash mentality of football just doesn't exist. Did, did Is Leonard Fournette a better running back than Joe Mixon? Yeah, yeah, I think he's a he's a better he's more talented at the position than Joe Mixon is. Yeah, I do. But I mean to be completely honest with you, I wouldn't have given Joe Mixon that money either. Okay, that's that's a pretty stupid contract, and I wouldn't have given him that money either. So um I don't know what since his play is, but I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, so so why is Joe Mixon good enough to get a deal from this one organization, but Leonard Fournette, who by the way, also if you don't know, Joe Mixon punched a girl out at a Panera bread. I don't know if anyone... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I do remember right? that. And Leonard Fournette, none of that, okay? And the the, the Bengals reward uh, Joe Mixon. He Nixon. did get a speeding ticket, though. Yeah, <laughs> he did. <laughs> I forgot Denali Gate. <laughs> yeah, it was all over the news, man. Seven seven police officers, you know, <laughs> that's, that's all true. over the streets. Just, just It was in a school zone. Yeah. It was, it was all over. It, it was biggest was news in article Tuesday. <laughs> but I mean, dude, look at the, these stats. Eight less games, only 300 less yards, the same amount of touchdowns, and he's only one year older. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, is 25 years old like the, a big difference than 24 years old? I mean, because we were talking to our buddy Dan off air about about what whether we're going to pay Leonard Fournette, and he said, well, Joe Mixon's a calendar year younger than him. I'm like, what? That is that really, like, is that worth, like, that's changes between $48 million and your cut? Is that that big of a deal? Again, you're you're talking about non-factors, man. You got to look at production, okay? Take take the personality out of the equation. Take away the 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 fanship, okay? You got to look at what he's doing on the field. And in comparison, I mean, again, it's it's dangerously close to to what Joe Mixon's doing. And I'm sorry, man. It just doesn't it doesn't equate to a fourth overall talent, okay? And again, it's not his fault. He is who he was in college, and, and our management didn't care and picked him up anyway at that position and expected the world out of him. I mean, he could only deliver on what he's got. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry. What about Derrick Henry? 
Just got a contract extension. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, he did something like four years, 45. Devin, what was the contract for Derrick Henry? It was four years, $50 million. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not too bad of a deal. I mean, you're, you're averaging just over, what, 11 and a half or something like that, roughly a year. Again, but the offense runs through Derrick Henry at Tennessee, okay? You're not going to have that same mindset in Jacksonville. I don't know, man. I just... For me, you don't pay running backs, and that's just how it is. The, the The pool of talent is too deep in this league, and I just don't see it. I just don't see why you do it. It's the year of the running back. It's the year of the running back, and Leonard Fournette isn't getting any love. So the Tennessee Titans have shown that he's good enough to be a franchise running back. The Cincinnati Bengals have said Joe Mixon's good enough to be a franchise running back. The I think the biggest slam dunk is the Carolina Panthers You know, paying Christian McCaffrey, all right, and they're deciding he's good enough to be a franchise running back. Why is Leonard Fournette... Not it in Jacksonville. And I think the only, there's two things, is that Shad Khan only cares about the bottom line, and he's worried about the salary cap shrinking next year because of COVID. And so he's trying to save as much money as he can, which, f*** that, okay? And two, they, the Jaguars just, for some reason, devalue the position. I don't understand, because we when we go through the best Jaguars of all time, who do you say is the better Jaguar than Tony Baselli? Who do you think is the best run, the best Jaguar of all time, Pat? Who do you say that is? Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. No, you say Fred Taylor, man. Don't start this. No, you, no, oh, you no. S- I said Jimmy Smith, then Fred Taylor. Oh, dude, we can we can get into this because no, we had a podcast tape. where pull you said Tony Tony Baselli was the number one and and Fred Taylor was two, and you said it was ridiculous because you think it should be Fred Taylor one and Tony Baselli two. Do not retcon your takes to match your narrative. No, absolutely not. You got it all. F- up. I don't even have Tony Baselli I, in my in my top three. That was my hot take. I had Jimmy, you, but you had Fred Taylor ahead of him. You had Fred yes. Taylor ahead of him. Yes, yeah, Jimmy Smith, then Fred Taylor. Okay, and in today's NFL, Jimmy Smith and Tony Baselli make fifteen million dollars more a year than Fred Taylor would. Is that correct? Yes, that's the world we live in, Sean. Okay, that's- and is that? But Fred Taylor still mattered more to the team. Yes, in that day and age, he did. All bullshit aside. We're on a team right now where management has no f***ing direction of where they want to go, all right? They're getting rid of talent faster than they can acquire it, all right? In a league that's ever-growing, ever-fast-paced, and, and, and here we go. We're coming back again this year, all right? I mean, look look at just our defense. Let's let's transition to the defense for a second, all right? You still got Todd Walsh back there making the calls. I remember in the offseason, they were talking about, oh, man, we're experimenting with a little little 3-4 action. We're, we're, we're working that out. We're, we're going to go ahead and develop new, new schemes with that because we we got our shit pushed in week after week with three fucking different running plays all right so so teams didn't have to didn't have to even plan against us so yeah we're trying new shit out we're, we're trying some new stuff out and then we go into the draft and you see them start picking pieces and you're like oh okay maybe maybe we're getting to that maybe we're we're going to we're going to move in a new direction on defense and then you know training camp kind of starts and he's kinda, he's more or less like yeah we we still want to try 3-4. You know, we want to try a different skill set. We want to try with different personnel uh, how we can line up and, and put a new look together. And two weeks ago, Todd Walsh was like, yep, 4-3s are base. Always been our base. Had no doubt about it. We're going to stick to 4-3. 4-3 works. We're going to run that 4-3 all the way to all. Going to run that 4-3. 4-3 is what we're going to do. And all chase on. We're going to put his hand in the dirt. And we're going to run him off of the off the end. That's where he should play. That's where we're going to belong. He's going to put little old Chase on, you know, fresh fresh out the shop on defensive end, playing some mean-ass tackles in this year. 
We took Clavon Chazon, all right, defensive end slash linebacker slash edge rusher out of LSU, okay, and that in the first round of the 2019 draft, or technically the 20 draft, or however you want to word it. Uh, and now Todd Wash says, no more slashes. He's not going to be a slash guy. He's not going to be a slash edge rusher. He's not going to be slash linebacker. All he is, is he's going to be defensive end pass rusher. That's what I'm talking about. He's going to play all three downs. are saying he's going to be de- a defensive end, which means you got to set the run, too. So if Clavon Chason is going to be a 4-3 defensive end, he has to be able to do both. Same with Josh Allen. Josh Allen looks looks thicker this year. I mean, he was thick last year, and he's already, like, he looks, looks huge. He's looking closer to uh, Jan than Josh Allen did last year. So he looks like he's ready to set the edge. And on the other side, you're going to have Clavon Chazon, who a lot of people scouted as a linebacker coming into the NFL with the frame of a linebacker, a 3-4 Von Miller-esque type linebacker. And now he's going to be a, a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end that's going to be asked to stunt the run. He's going to have to stop the run. We, I'm tired of Christian McCaffrey. He ran for two touchdowns without getting touched against us last year. All right, And I just do not want to see that again. I do not want to see Reggie Bonifon run up the middle. I don't want to see some New York Jets running back fall on the ground, get back up, dust himself off, and be able to run for 50 more yards in the touchdown. I'm tired of giving up big runs. I'm expecting to... I'm tired of my, pan, like my pants being the same as the Jaguars' defensive line, just giving big runs all the time after going to Taco Bell. All right? I'm sick of it all right i want clavon chazon to be able to stop the run too so is this really putting him in a position to succeed day one i mean i would think you would just bring him in as a situational pass rusher in his rookie year and let him develop everything else through time but you're just going to throw him to the wolves week one and say hey now you're expected to know this playbook inside and out be it all three down uh defensive end i think it's a bad move i think you have dewan smoot i think we've got avery jones we've got Taven brown we've got uh, enough enough depth on the line that you can play with it but todd wash is just he's shaking his head like a donkey saying nope 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 he's gonna be defensive end nope nope defensive end and i just i i think it's setting him up for failure yeah, no, and I tend to agree with you. I mean, Todd Wash has proven to me time after time he doesn't really seem to know what the hell he's doing on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, nothing. I don't see anything changing going into this year. Um, I, I'm still shocked to this day that he's still here. Um, so, I mean, that it is what it is, man. We're going to see where they line up. It's going to probably be pretty close to what they've been doing in the past and, and hope for the best. But that's really all you could do at this point. Continuing with that it is what it is mentality, uh, our, our next piece of news chronologically after Leonard Fournette gets cut, Wednesday evening, Leonard Fournette drops a tweet. He goes on Instagram Live and lets us all know he is no longer a Jacksonville Jaguar. He is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Free him! That didn't take long. No, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. I mean, and I knew he, he was going to get picked up. I mean, there's, there's just, it was obvious. And the, the fact that no one was entertained, that we couldn't get a trade for him, I don't know how much of that I really buy. I really don't. I mean, obviously he cleared waivers, but I, it's almost like the rest of the NFL knew this was happening. So they knew, I mean, there was no reason for them to put a trade in because they knew he was going to be released anyway. So why, why offer something when you know you could just pick up the phone and call him? I mean, the guy was looking for a job, so why not? It's the cheapest route. You lose nothing, and and, and he'll just go to the best suitor out there. Um, obviously, no one saw it worth a, a need for their trade, and and now he's with the, the the Brady Bucks going into the year. He's got Gronk. He's got Brady. He's he's got uh, Godwin, Evans, Bruce Arian, Leftwich. You know, I mean, why not? Why not? So I wish him the best. I I hope I hope they win the whole fucking thing. My I hope man, they win the Super Bowl. My man. Still no state tax, okay? I'm happy for him. All right, what's the deal worth, Devin? 
Yeah, Lenny's contract is a one-year, two million dollar base salary. They can go up to three point five million based on incentives. All right, what, uh, dude? I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. I hope, I hope he wins a damn Super Bowl. Now he's gonna win a ring. He's gonna be the next Jaguar. He's gonna be the next Jaguar to go out and win a ring. That's exactly what's gonna happen, dude. Yeah, to to join the elite, you know, uh, Chad Henney, the Bell Dozer, yeah, Leftwich, you know, all those guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hall of Famers. Yeah. Good sh. I might get a jersey. I might get a jersey. Eh, I probably won't do all that. Yeah, that hasn't worked out well for me in the past. <laughs> need, need to get a Shad Khan jersey is what we need to get. I just have to I have to remove Ronald Jones from all my uh, fantasy uh, targets now, my mock drafts. All right, yeah. dear listeners, we are getting towards the end of the podcast, but the news is not yet over. I know, you're probably exhausted, you're probably just as uh, heartbroken as we are, but I have one more piece of news for you, and that is another uh, roster purge. This is our safety, Ronnie Harrison. Safe no more. Safe no more. That's good. He has been uh, traded to the Cleveland Browns for uh, what Pat spoke into existence, actually. A 2021 fifth-round pick. Yeah. If, if you've been keeping on our Twitter, uh, the moment we saw that the trade was happening, Pat goes, hey, everybody, get ready for your fifth-round pick. Yeah. I and, mean, uh, to, to there, be there fair, I, I threw third out to begin with, and then I was like, yeah, that's a little high. Uh, maybe I'll go fifth. I almost went sixth, but then I was like, you know what? Yeah, fifth, fifth's appropriate. Well, now I wish you kept it at third. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. And what the f*** are we going to do with a fifth-round pick, man? Woo-hoo. So, yeah, yeah, I really liked Ronnie. I thought, again, a, a cut that doesn't make sense to me. He's been here for two years. He... Nothing that I've seen done wrong on the field. If anything, of one of the few glimmers we had on that pathetic defense last year. Um, sure, he got burned a little bit, and you know he he didn't make all the plays. But for what it's worth, he did come down out into the box a lot, make some tackles, and 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 did pretty well when he was in the game. So yeah, I mean the guy's gone again. Just another ode to our management of. Uh, not retaining talent and, and, and selling the ship for these picks. Man, I tell you what, the, the thing that doesn't make sense to me, and I put it on Twitter today, we're doing a, an endless cycle of, of just trash. I mean, the, the team that they're cutting right now, these players, these young players that they're cutting and trading, are the same guys that this management team drafted and picked and took into the team. Okay, so they're cutting their own guys, <laughs> and now they're just getting more picks so they can pick up more players. So in two to three years, the purge begins again, and you start cutting guys again. The the cycle is just continuing, which would be great if you're winning ball games. Listen, if you can bring in young talent, okay, make a team. Your ha- half your roster is young talent, the other half is vets, and and, and win ball games and, and make make long runs in the playoffs. Most more power to you, okay? And you can transition to younger guys every year and keep doing that, but we're not doing that. We're not even breaking 500 every year, okay? So this cycle doesn't work, and, and I'm I'm just I'm not looking forward to to what's coming in in the next draft. A sentiment shared by all, I think. I, I keep an eye on Twitter, and I see just so many people feeling despair. So many people that are just writing off the coming season, writing off the Jaguars altogether, and hey, I, I, I don't blame them. 
I can't. It's tough. It's been a tough week, man. And again, some cuts I understand. The timing is what really just annoys me to all get out. So close to the first game. It's just it's just like right now you're you're finishing training camp, you're polishing it off, you're just getting ready to to go into the full speed games. And you're like, you know what? You're looking around. I'm going to shake some shit up. Did you have some some shreds of hope left? Hey, you fool. You thought you thought <laughs> we were gonna, you thought we were going to run on, huh? Nah, nah, nah. Here goes your starting running back. Gone. Oh, thought you had a good safety? Nah, no you don't. Gone. Oh, the guy that might have might have signed his franchise tag? Nah, let's be real. That was never going to fucking happen. So, <laughs> yeah, that that one was pretty much done dead in the dirt. So, uh, hurts so good. I mentioned uh, Twitter followers. One last uh, bit before we go. We had a couple questions brought to us by Mr. Steve Boston at sboston2587. Uh, hit us up in one of our replies and said he had a couple questions for our podcast here, so I'll let you address them. The first question, the order of snaps at the scrimmage was Minshew, Luton's Futons, Giraffe Neck Glennon. Nice one, Steve. Then Dobbs. Will that be the positioning, Pat? Yeah, no, I, I try to get some feelers out and get an idea of what that scrimmage looked like. Um, obviously, behind closed doors, and you know, haven't really seen much snaps other than the, the leaks on training camp. Um, but I, I think it's that's probably what you're looking at. Um, you, you just brought in Glennon. It's it's more than likely you're going to bring in three guys. Uh, obviously, Minshew, Glennon, um, and then probably that young cat, Luton, just to see what you've got. Because if, if this year goes the way I think it's going to, um, whether Minshew wins or lose, I, I can almost assure you they're going to plug that Luton kid in just to see what they've got out of him as well. Um, because this year is nothing but another another year of seeing what you have, and uh, more than likely they'll keep Dobbs on on the scout team uh, in reserve, especially with the COVID situation that's still going on. You, you want to keep someone under wraps and, and ready to go. All right. Question number two: Chris Thompson had a lot of praise for James Robinson. Could that be a sign of him challenging for the number one spot? Yeah, no, I've actually been seeing that a lot. Uh, Shipley and Harvey also were uh, out here uh, spinning stories on Robinson, uh, a guy undrafted, brought in that's looked well at camp. So, um, yeah, I, I'm almost positive that he's gonna he's gonna probably come in and, and put some rep time himself. I mean, again, this this backfield is very unproven, man. You've got three guys, including Robinson, that just don't have a lot of time in the NFL and there's a lot up to the win. So it, it'll be interesting to see in the new Jay Gruden scheme. It'll be interesting to see what I'm sure they're hungrier now that they're going to get more play time. It's interesting is definitely the word going forward. So yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll see what we get, man. All right. Thank you, Steve, for those questions. What, what a day. Wake me up when September ends, guys. Yeah, what a month. We're barely into September. And I'm, I'm done with it month. already. I'm done with it already. All right, we have one more episode before the first game of the 2020 season. That gives us just enough time to knock out our season predictions. Going to get that for you next week, so look forward to that. Until then, thank you all so much for joining us in this episode of the Duval Hot Takes podcast. I'm Taylor Smith, moderator. Sean Daly, host. Pat Smith, co-host. Devin May, facts and stats. Hit us up on Twitter at Duval Hot Takes. Give us your questions. We'll answer them here on the show. Sean put up his Lenny Reaction video on our new YouTube channel. First of many videos, I'm sure. So keep your eye on that by searching Duval Hot Takes on YouTube. And tune in next week to hear how we think the season's going to go with no Lenny. We'll see you then. Peace. Keep hope alive, guys. Whatever little's left. <laughs>